By now, you've all heard of Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0, the latest book published by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. It's more than just another wine book. The fully updated second edition was inspired by students of the Vinitali International Academy and painstakingly reviewed and revised by an expert panel of certified Italian wine ambassadors from across the globe. The book also includes an edition by Professore Attilio Scienza, Italy's leading vine geneticist. The benchmark producer's feature is a particularly important aspect of this revised edition. The selection makes it easier for our readers to get their hands on a bottle of wine that truly represents a particular grape or region. To pick up a copy, just head to Amazon.com or visit us at MamaJumboShrimp.com. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Hi everyone, my name is Laika. Welcome everybody to Italian Wine Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. Um, we are now on our 87th episode of today's show. So our, cur- our current clubhouse has been ranking the top amongst the Italian wine podcast shows. The concept of the show is to let Italian wine ambassadors have the opportunity to interview their favorite producers. This is an episode that gives them a free hand to ask any questions to their selected producer. This session is recorded and will be released in Italian Wine Podcast to reach more listeners, and especially for those who cannot participate due to the time zone differences. So we don't have a lot of people in in our audience today, but we will be um, uploading this next week on our Italian Wine Show. Our guest moderator today, Charlotte Ho, our Italian wine ambassador from Hong Kong. She's currently in, in Milan with her favorite producer, Sonia Spadaro Melone of Santa Maria Nanave. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Sonia. How are you guys? Hi, Laika. Hi. We are fine. And you? <laughs> all good. All good here. How's it going? How was your trip, Charlotte? Was it a... Uh, um... Is everything good? It's great. I was actually here for Vinitaly um, and then stayed behind over Easter. And and now I'm in actually my my last day in Italy, but I'm flying back tomorrow. So it's it's great that um, we can actually have this podcast today um, together with Sonia physically. Yeah, thanks for also, thanks Sonia and Charlotte for finding time to arrange, you know, the interview for the clubhouse and we really appreciate the effort for um, contributing for the Italian wine community. So thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you too. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So I have three questions for you, Charlotte, before we proceed. Uh, 
first, uh, tell us, why did you select Sonia as your favorite producer? Thank you, Laika. Um, so first of all, like many of us listening, I really love wines from Sicily. So as you know, we all know, it's the largest island on the Mediterranean. Um, and in particular, I love the wines from Mount Etna, which is Europe's tallest active volcano. Um, so, but out of you know, all the producers of Edna, why did I pick Sonia? Um, so actually, while there are more and more well-made Edna wines nowadays, the wines of um, Santa Maria la Nave are really unique. And I think you really need to try them to, to fully understand what I'm talking about. To me, um, their wines are one of those wines from Edna that you can really, you know, taste and feel the Etna soul and, you know, the Etna heartbeat, if I may. And finally, Sonia, um, you know, right now in front of me, she's she's such an incredible, um, you know, determined, passionate, uh, strong, and also such a beautiful woman. Um, oh, really, <laughs> really inspires me. Um, so it really is my pleasure to be able to, in, you know, invite her to have this conversation here on uh, at Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. It's also my first Clubhouse, so really excited. Yes, you also mentioned that um, you were inspired by listening to Alan Kwok's um, interview before on Ambassadors. Yes, yes, yes. So it's actually Alan is here. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, what are your, the learning objectives that we should expect from this interview? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, as as a BIA ambassador, we, you know, we care about learning a lot. <laughs> so from the learning objectives perspective, um, I am most curious to find out more about the Greconico Dorato. Um, basically, as we know, it's a Sicilian sort of biotype of Garganega um, on Etna, um, which Sonia is producing a varietal wine out of. Um, also, I would like to you know talk to Sonia and understand more from her about her project, um, and collaboration with academics in preserving relic and rare vines on Etna. Um, as a Etna wine lover myself, I, I'm also keen to hear Sonia's story on heroic viticulture on Etna, um, what kind of challenges she faces there, and what changes she has seen sort of in the recent years on the winemaking scene on Etna. Um, and how did you discover the wines of Santa Maria La Neve? Um, in fact, I was having a blind tasting gathering with my fellow VIA ambassador study group mates in Hong Kong. Um, and one of us brought along a bottle of Mille Sumare, which is the white wine produced by Sonia, and that is made out of 100% Greconico Dorato. Um, as you may tell from the name of the wine, um, Mille Sumare, so thousand from the sea literally um, it is a wine grown at you know very high altitudes and we will hear more about it from Sonia later um, anyway that wine really blew me away um, and it was very different from what you um, expect from maybe the more familiar Soave Garganega wines um, it really exhibited sort of kind of um, high altitude sensation um, the wine was very clear very pure um, it it has a um, herbal and salty character, very flinty, um, airy, but still with amazing um, acidity. So it was a wine that was, you know, very unforgettable um, for me. So it really is my pleasure to to be able to talk to Sonia here today. That seems to be a very um, interesting discussion to look forward to. And I'm actually, look, I, I hope I have a wine with me right now. <laughs> you kind of want to, so excited to drink. Um, so before I proceed to give the floor to you, I would like to introduce you to the audience. Um, Charlotte Ho. Um, Charlotte's 
love for Italian wines, was born during a trip to Tuscany in 2012. After that, she visited Italy every year, exploring different regions and their local food and wines. Um, during COVID-19, unable to travel, she decided to embark on a journey to systematically study and learn about Italian grapes and wines. With a, wine, with a background in law and economics, she enrolled in VIA's Italian Wine Maestro course in 2021 and became a VIA Italian Wine Ambassador the following year. Apart from promoting Italian wines in Hong Kong through volunteering in events and tasting, uh, she also started a social media account in 2021 dedicated to the sharing and spreading of knowledge and love for Italian wines. You can find her on Instagram at Those Wine Moments. Okay, so yeah, I am going to mute myself and now I'm turning over the floor to you. Thank you, Laika. Thank you also for the kind introduction um, and also for the opportunity to co-host this podcast. Um, you know, as you, you know, introduced earlier, I'm normally based in Hong Kong, but I happen to be in Milan tonight. Um, and, and it's amazing that uh, I can interview Sonia in person. So without further ado, let me um, introduce Sonia, um, who is the owner and CEO of Santa Maria La Neve. Um, in just a few years, she has transformed a small family vineyard devoted to you know, family and friends consumption into a real jewel of ethnic viticulture and biodiversity. Despite the limited quantities produced, um, Sonia's wines now reach more than 20 countries in the world and are requested by some of the best restaurants and sophisticated collectors. Her wines are also appreciated by international critics. For example, Mille Sumare 2016, which is actually the one that I tried in Hong Kong. Um, this wine has been included by Decanter in the list of the 50 most exciting wines in the world. Sonia's mission you know, is also to protect Mount Etna's biodiversity and identify and work with ancient and almost extinct local grape varieties while maintaining maximum respect to the Etna traditions, the environment, and the local communities. Her work on the ancient reliquia grape varieties is carried with the support of University of Catania. And we will be talking you know, a lot today about you know, the, this project and also her um, dedication to promoting biodiversity. And linked to you know, her de uh, dedication to biodiversity, even though not strictly relating to wine, um, I also wanted to share um, something about Sonia. She, she is actually a co-founder of a company specialized in creating Sicilian spirits as well um, with rare local ingredients. And actually the first um, launch is a vodka um, called Volcanica. Um, I really want to try it. <laughs> uh, obtained distilling ancient Sicilian grains. Um, and two, three years ago, um, she received this immense award for her activity as custodian of Sicilian and Etnian biodiversity. So I think without further ado, you know, instead of hearing more from me, uh, just, you know, it, introducing Sonia, let's, let's put questions to Sonia. Um, so my first question is, um, could you maybe, you know, tell us a little bit about your winery? Um, and in particular, I want to ask you about the location of your vineyards. I know they are called Casa Decima and Monte Ilice. Um, in particular, I understand Casa Decima is outside of the uh, Etna DOC area. So why did you pick this place to, 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 to you know, as your vineyards? Yeah. Um, good evening, uh, dear friends, uh, wherever you are. 
And uh, before to start telling my story and what I do, I wanted to thank you, Charlotte and the Stevie team, to inviting me to Italian Wine Podcast. It's an honor to me and uh, a joy to spend uh, a bit of time together talking about uh, wines and uh, uh, Santa Maria La Nave. So I devote my entire life to my little three babies and to Santa Maria La Nave, which uh, I consider as a fourth baby. So Santa Maria La Nave is a boutique winery fully focused on environmentally friendly and extreme viticulture Mount Etna. And working uh, only with uh, native and almost extinct grape varieties under a strict organic regime and following a biodynamic approach, as in the past, the ancient farmers uh, did it. So um, my philosophy is very simple. Without passion, nothing grows. There is no way around it. And before to introducing my extreme vineyards, I'm proud uh, to say that every single berry com comes from uh, to my two vineyards on Mount Etna. And this is uh, crucial for me because uh, I think that uh, behind uh, an authentic and uh, an excellent wine, there is uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, the grape, and uh, a good grape means uh, unhealthy and uh, happy grapes at the same time. For this reason, uh, I decided to use chemicals, pesticides, nothing. I just want to um, take care of the framework around my vineyards, of the nature around the vineyards. And uh, I devoted all my energies and my huge efforts to search the, the, the perfect grape to, produ to produce an excellent wine. But uh, um, going back to my vineyards, <laughs> I have the first vineyard is located on the southeast side of the volcano in a very steep uh, slopes of Mount Ilice, um, one of uh, more of 200 craters around uh, Mount Etna. You have to think Mount Etna, by the way, Mount Etna is a her, is female, is mountain, a montagna. It's not just May volcano, power to the woman. Sorry for the man. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then, uh, and then you have to um, think about this crater, more of 200, as um, little kids around their mom. So um, Mount Ilice is one of these, is the youngest and the biggest crater at the same time. Uh, we will celebrate uh, Mount Ilice's 1000th birthday proper mm. in this year. And if you think that uh, um, Mount Etna is uh, 700,000 years old, uh, Mount Ilice is uh, like a baby. <laughs> His age is nothing. But 
it's uh, um, my vineyard is located there is uh, pretty unique because it's uh, a very handsome vineyard with a prephyloxera hurt on a black volcanic sand. This vineyard is a real and authentic tribute of Etna viticulture because uh, I identified there 21 local grape varieties and I'm now working with a local university to identify other 15 grape varieties, which for the moment are unknown. And it's, it's unbelievable because they are real and rare gems, almost extinct grapes variety, called for this reason, Reliquia, relic in English, like Madama Bianca, Madama Nera, terribile. Terrible with double B because apparently this uh, grape variety was able to resist to phylloxera. Mm. We have Vispara, Matteo, Moscatello Rosa dell'Etna and many others. And this vineyard, for this reason, I, I think about this vineyard as a a real oasis of biodiversity and uh, um, as been said by Donalfio, Donalfio was a, a gentleman and a farmer, um, something like my grandfather to be honest, who take care of this amazing and beautiful heaven of biodiversity for the most part of his life. And he was uh, um, a guardian of this uh, precious and almost extinct uh, um, uh, oasis uh, no, of biodiversity. But when he turned 80, he was very tired because uh, take care of this extreme vineyard is very hard. And so he was looking for a successor. Mm -hmm. And I met him uh, proper in that period, like a serendipity. Mm -hmm. So under Donalfio's uh, supervision, I started with a very complex restoration of this ancient and beautiful vineyard uh, because my desire, my dream is to um, help this vineyard back to the splendor it deserves. Unfortunately, uh, Donalfio passed away in 2018, but he uh, is always in my heart because I can feel his soul around me when I walk and when I work in my vineyards on, uh, on Mount Illige. Um, going back to the other vineyard, we move on in the, the opposite side of the volcano. We are on the northwest side at 1,100 meters above sea level, where I have my Casa Decima vineyard one of the highest vineyards in Europe. So this part of the volcano is pretty hidden and for this reason it kept intact through the century. And Casa de Cima Vineyard is a, um, the result of a muscle selection for long 15 years of the ancient and abandoned prephyloxera vines called Grecanico Dorato and uh, the almost extinct Albanello. So, um, in the past, uh, the ancient farmers selected through the centuries uh, the strongest varieties uh, 
um, which uh, uh, could resist uh, to the extreme altitude, not only vines, but they selected uh, fruit trees, uh, chestnuts, almond, and um, for this reason, uh, I think to Casa Decima Vineyard like a oasis, a heaven of biodiversity, because inside uh, we have uh, more of 200 species of fruits, trees and plants. Mm. And uh, in this area, I produce, uh, in this vineyard, I produce my Mille sul Mare and my Tempesta Metodo Classico from a Grecanico Dorato Grape. But uh, to answer to your last question, no, why uh, I, I, I choose uh, no, this, uh, this area? And um, I think that uh, the first reason is because I want to save, I want to protect this precious DNA of Grecanico Dorato. Uh, and uh, I, I, which I have been reproduced in the Casa de Cima vineyard. And then uh, because uh, I love doing something different, no? Mm -hmm. And uh, for me, Casa de Cima vineyard is, uh, and the Canico Dorato grape are uh, unique because, uh, um, believe me, there is something of uh, mystical, uh, pure energy in that place. When I go there, I feel better and richer. Thank you. Yeah, just following up on 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 your your you know choice to to make a hundred percent Grecanico Dorato. Um, I understand you bottle only four wines, as you said, one Metodo Classical, two, um, and then there are two white wines and one red wine. Um, how did you decide to do a one hundred percent you know Grecanico Dorato as your flagship white wine, and instead of you know Caricante, which you know is the more well known Etna Bianco grape as as the world knows it? Yeah, yes. Um, for the moment, uh, yes, I'm I'm producing four wines. Um, Two wines. Uh, I I called. Uh, I, I I love uh, defining uh, um, iconic uh, iconic crew is the Mille sul Mare and Calmarossa, and uh, also I produce uh, other two wines uh, which are define super crew because uh, they come uh, only from uh, very selected uh, vines from my vineyards. And so um, back to Mille sul Mare. Mille sul Mare uh, is 100% um, Grecanico Dorato uh, from uh, Vineyard Casa Decima, as I mentioned before. And uh, I love this, uh, this grape because uh, I can produce Mille sul Mare. It's very um, uh, um, pure and um, very linear wine. But the most important thing is uh, Mille sul Mare is at the same time a mountain and a volcanic wine together. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, uh, it's unbelievable, no? Because... Um, uh, I, I started to save this precious DNA uh, and clones Grecanico Dorato and I reproduced and planted the bio-shoot method in Casa de Cima Vineyard. But uh, I think that uh, um, the real meaning of this wine is its balance. Mm. 
Mille sul mare, as um, uh, Charlotte kindly mentioned before, has been awarded, uh, awarded from the Canter as one of the most exciting uh, wines of the world. So it's, it's unique because it's uh, even a result of a late harvest. In fact, uh, we, we, we harvest usually end of October, but uh, even the first part of November, my birthday, by the way. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I celebrating many times uh, during the harvest. And uh, as, as I mentioned before, I like to do something different. And uh, so uh, for this reason, I choose Mille sul mare and um, Calmarosa is uh, my other my other iconic uh, iconic crew, and uh, I produce this uh, Mount Ilice. I consider Calmarossa an uh, authentic expression of the elegance of, uh, of our volcano. And um, because if you think that, as I mentioned before, uh, Mount uh, Illich is very young, so the soil is untouched volcanic black soil. It's unbelievable. But move on to Tempesta and Redilice, my super crew. Tempesta, Agricanico Dorato Metodo Classico, uh, is uh, a limited edition because I, I, I don't produce each year and I want to explain why. Uh, because Tempesta came from a special plot called the 13 plot of my Casa de Cima Vineyard. Because besides this plot, I have... Uh, ancient fruit trees uh, like uh, um, berries like uh, chestnut uh, apples uh, walnut cherries and um, they are uh, a monument and I don't want to cut them because I think it's a shame I want to protect the nature and I don't want to destroy it so What's happened? During the August and September, there are one hour of shadow. And this creates a um, very peculiar characteristic in my Grecanico Dorato because uh, give, uh, um, uh, give in, uh, in, uh, in this case, uh, in certain years, uh, um, uh, a little bit uh, lower in sugar and uh, acidity a bit higher. And this is perfect for Metodo Classico. So I start to produce Tempesta only in 2010. 2015, 2016, and the last one, 2020. But we are talking about a very small, small production, 1,000 bottles, more or less. But the story uh, of uh, my other super crew, Irredilice, Literally, literally means the king of Mount Ilice. I want, it's a prephylloxera, um, white um, uh, um, grape varieties. Uh, the most part of them is pretty extinct, which I want to create as a tribute to Don Alfio. Don Alfio, mm -hmm. in my heart, will be the king of Mount Ilice mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. So I want to devote, I want to not dedicate this uh, special and uh, unique white wine in his honor because Don Alfio, mm, while we pruning together, work together in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, this beautiful vineyard, uh, taught me that uh, through the century, the ancient farmers um, 
selected these varieties of white grape native on Mount Etna because they mature all together at the same time. And when I, 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 I observed this, I was astonished because it was true. And so, and so we, uh, I, I started to produce this just to honor his memory and uh, because I'm sure he will be very, very happy. Okay, thank you. Um, I would like to follow up a bit more on the Graconico Dorato finds. Um, can you tell us a bit more? And also in, you know, uh, in VIA, we studied how Graconico Dorato is genetically identical with Garganega in Veneto. How would you compare the wines from Soave and your wine? Uh, this is a very interesting question. Thank you, Charlotte, and, uh, because you give me the opportunity to, to, uh, to talk uh, uh, more about my Mille sul Mare. So my Mille sul Mare, as I mentioned before, it's a, a very unique grape, but at the same time, um, Grecanico Dorato is a... Uh, is, uh, incredibly lazy because uh, yes before woke up from the winter season uh, there is a um, it's, it's, it's a long it's a long time it's a long time also for the maturation process uh, even if you think the harvest is uh, end of October or early November but uh, I'm a patient woman so I want uh, I'm happy because Grecanico Dorato takes the better of summertime in Sicily and so it's uh, it's the result is uh, really special and if you consider that the 15 or 20 percent of the vineyard is ungrafted and when the vine unfortunately it can up and dies uh, uh, because we have a lot of uh, enemy rabbits, wild pigs. No, we reproduce uh, thanks to the offshoot method. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, concerning to the comparison, the Grecanico Dorato and Suave, uh, I'm, I'm not a geneticist, but I know, I, I, I studied a lot of uh, about this topic because it's very interesting in my opinion and I think and I, I studied that uh, there is a um, connection in a certain part of the DNA uh, between uh, um, Grecanico Dorato, Garganica and the third, the third is Malvasia del Marresa uh, in Catalonia, in Spain unfortunately almost extinct so um, all this is fascinating. The origin of this grape, I mean, Cacanico Dorato, is, uh, is uh, involved in the, into the, the mystery because the name Cacanico Dorato recalls Greek origin. But uh, apparently, there is no trace in Greece. It's, it's unbelievable because uh, they don't have this DNA in Greece. And uh, regarding the comparison between Suave and Mille sul Mare, uh, I mean, uh, they are uh, two different uh, worlds because um, Suave, we are talking about a wine produced in Veneto at less of 400 meters above mm. sea level. And Grecanico Dorato and Mille sul Mare, I produce in uh, 1,100 meters above mm. sea level. So extreme altitude, extreme um, uh, contest and terroir, no? And then uh, Suave, um, 
can contain uh, other grape uh, beside garganega, no? uh, like uh, Trebbiano di Suave or Chardonnay. And so um, for this reason, I think it's a bit different. Mm -hmm. I agree. So in terms of the volcanic soils uh, at your vineyards, how would you say that, how does the volcanic soil contribute to, to the wine? Um, I think uh, I think uh, that uh, it's uh, the volcanic soil, uh, especially depends on the Grecanico Dorato, and uh, um, uh, in uh, in this case, Mille sul Mare is crucial because we we are talking about a millennium lava flow, so it's very ancient uh, volcanic lava um, uh, volcanic soil, but. I, I think that uh, even in this case, the grape is in common in my wines. Uh, in fact, uh, I um, devote all my efforts and my energy to um, to make uh, happy and healthy, as I mentioned before, my grapes. Because uh, my um, my goal, my purpose, is to respect and preserve the nature, a whole framework around this vineyard to keep uh, everything in balance, you know? And um, I want uh, even uh, the winemaking approach is uh, is uh, is minimal because I want, uh, I think if you have a healthy grape, you don't need uh, no, some makeup mm -hmm. because uh, in uh, this case, uh, you, you can uh, change and alter the characteristics of the, the grape. And uh, I think this is the, um, this is the, the, the fil rouge to connect all my vintage, uh, although pretty different because depends on the, we uh, the, um, the weather, depends on the, what happened in a specific uh, um, vintage, um, this is the beauty, no? Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. And uh, the winemaking process, as I mentioned, is uh, very minimal. Uh, I don't want to alter uh, the true identity of the grapes. Uh, and uh, after the harvest, Mille um, Grecanico Dorato, I put in the immediately in the, the small box 15 20% maximum because I don't want to risk to damage my precious mm -hmm. grapes. And immediately we uh, go to the, um, to the winery to start the soft Pressing process that produces the 60% of uh, uh, most, uh, and um, the pressure is very low, under of uh, 0.6 bar, nothing, and uh, and then we start with uh, the vinification process, uh, and uh, uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a uh, pretty interesting, but I mean uh, um, I, I I can talk about this in a specific mm -hmm. way in uh, next uh, our podcast, and uh, I think that uh, the most important thing is uh, that uh, at the end, uh, what the wine that my passionate clients and wine lovers can taste in the glass is a is a very um uh, true is a, is um is the same thing that I have tasting when uh, when I work in the vineyard uh, tasting my grapes so it's the same thing Yes, surely. I think the the moment that I first tasted the Mille Sumara was very unforgettable. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. pleasure. Okay. You want. <laughs> Just 
I'm just conscious of the time. I still have a lot of questions for you. Um, maybe um, we'll move on from Mira Sumara to talk a little bit about Tempesta, your Metodo Classical, as well as your red wine, Calma Rosa. I, I love the name. I love the juxtaposition. Thank um, you. Yeah, of, you know, calmness. Um, as well as the immense power and energy of the volcano. I, I had that wine once as well in Hong Kong um, during Christmas, and it was also very beautiful. So could you maybe tell us more about um, these two wines? With pleasure, with pleasure. Um, a little bit, um, I've started talking about Tempesta before, and uh, as, I, as I mentioned, is a comes from a special plot, 13 plots. I know in American 13 is maybe okay, but it's uh, <laughs> here in, in Italy is a very nice number. And um, uh, here um, it's, uh, it's uh, crucial for me because uh, um, I don't want to cut this, uh, this uh, as I mentioned before, these monuments, these ancient trees. I want to protect them. And for this reason, I think about it to produce a material to the classical because uh, all things are in the right place and uh, serendipity to um, take the occasion to produce uh, this sparkling wine very very special but the most important thing uh, talking about tempesta is that in in sicily um i i want to be honest uh, usually we are not uh, proper, you know, um, focused on a production of a sparkling wine because it's a prerogative of the northwest of Italy. And um, the most part of um, uh, the, the wine, uh, usually um, the producers uh, Okay, uh, I send the wine in the northwest side of the, 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 the Italy, and uh, that's it. But uh, for me, it's, uh, it's, it's wrong, because I don't want to put my wine in a black box, and then, uh, oh, uh, and the wine uh, that I have now, what's happened? But it's the same time, it's, it's the same wine. Hmm, I don't know, I'm a bit, uh, no, I don't want to do it. For this reason, I call a team from Franciacorta, they came in. They come in Sicily, and we work together to produce a, a great, great, and unique Metodo Classico. And um, I'm very happy uh, to 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 do it because uh, I I see that uh, my example uh, it has been uh, um, inspired uh, for my other colleagues and uh, uh, working towards uh, excellence. So it's uh, it's uh, it's very interesting, and um, the. Um, in, in 2015, I was happy to um, to keep to left for 24 months uh, my my method classic on the east, but in 2016 I decided to try with uh, 30 months because uh, I think it can reduce uh, a little bit the breadcrumb aroma and the research more finesse of course uh, we are uh, we are uh, talking about uh, more or less in uh, 1000 bottles very tiny production but very very special and about Calmarossa, I'm very happy you like uh, you like the name because uh, yes it's um 
every single name of my wines recall the volcano, the sea, and the framework around. And uh, in fact, Calmaro, in fact, Calmarossa reminds uh, at this beautiful and romantic sunset on the sea, mm. while Etna is showing her superpowers playing <laughs> with the red lava. So, um, Nerello Mascalese and Nerello Capuccio is match made in heaven and work together to, to give me a great Calmarossa because uh, I mean that uh, um, Nerello Cas Mascalese is a very powerful grape, uh, but uh, it's acidity and tennis and a lot of energy sometimes are um, difficult to manage. For this reason, I think that if using an Arello Mascalese a little bit, Capuccio. we make... Uh, Capuccio, sorry. Uh, I love Narello Mascalese and Narello Capuccio, yeah. Narello Capuccio. Uh, it uh, um, uh, makes Narello Mascalese a, a little a little bit more gentle in terms of uh, color, in terms of uh, fragrances. And uh, so for this reason, I think that uh, can, can uh, at the same time, I think oak helps. Personally, uh, I um, don't like it a lot, uh, um, taste the wood in wines, but depend how you can use the wooden wines, no? And I use only French oak from a selected forest, uh, Allier, Cher, Fontainebleau, and all the wood is um, is uh, um, selected uh, the grain and uh, to reduce the tennis release. And I ask for the woods to be um, steamed and not uh, prepared just toast with the with the fire mm. to minimize the impact in my wine. Mm. Uh, usually I use barrique and tonneau and I keep for several years. And uh, I usually um, I put in uh, in uh, the barrique or in uh, to know only the sixty percent of my wine. The other part remain in the still. And then uh, uh, the aging in the bottle, I think, is crucial. Mm. In fact, I'm presenting now the 2019, and uh, I believe it. Uh, Yes, it's still young, but uh, I already think uh, has uh, the character to face connoisseurs. <laughs> okay, thanks. Before we move on to talk about, you know, biodiversity and all of that, actually, I would like to ask you um, about whether or not you will produce a fifth wine. Um, is it going to be Albanello? Can you maybe tell us a bit more um, yeah. about Albanello? Because I think uh, the audience would be very interested to 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 know more about this grape. We can't even find much, you know, in books yeah. <laughs> about this grape. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. I know. Yes, um, Albanello. Albanello is one. Uh, one of my dream, I want to be honest. Uh, when I um, started to, um, uh, with uh, Grecanico Dorato, saving uh, and protecting this precious DNA, I was very lucky because I found some uh, um, mother plants, uh, Prophyloxera of Albanello. And I want to protect uh, this uh, DNA because uh, nobody knows Albanello Mount Etna because usually Albanello they produce in, uh, on the south of Sicily, no? And uh, 
for this reason, uh, I, I always thought that it's a, a kind of miracle to no? find this grade on the top of Mount Etna. We are talking about at 1,100 meters, 1,200 meters above sea level, so very high. And um, the reason which uh, I, I love this, uh, this uh, grape variety is that uh, I've studied a lot because I'm a very curious girl and um, uh, apparently it seems that Albanello was a precious grape to able to produce the best white wines in Sicily because uh, it could age up to 100 years 100 100 okay. years wow. it's unbelievable when i read this oh my gosh this is one of my favorite grape i want to take i want to take our own um uh, care of him of it sorry for me it's like a uh, a, a baby, a boy, <laughs> yes, uh, my baby. So, and um, another story or a legend who knows uh, that I love uh, is uh, was called Albanello, which uh, recalls uh, a beautiful sunrise because uh, it was considered precious wine. Uh, um, uh, because uh, um, in the past, uh, used to toast uh, when the soldiers. Uh, came back uh, uh, at home and uh, joined their families after the war. So this precious image in my mind, in my heart, touched my soul. And, uh, and this is moment of joy and celebration and the sunrise is uh, special and, uh, and unique. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you yeah. so much. Yes. And, 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 you know, one of the yeah. other beautiful and mystical things about Etna is the existence of very old vines and, you know, these relic varieties that you've mentioned, some of them. Could you maybe tell us a bit more about your project um, in the preservation of relic and rare vines on Etna? And why are you spending, you know, so much energy into these varieties and not focus on you know, the better known and famous varieties. Could you tell us a bit more about that project? Very interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this project is... Um... Is, uh, is, uh, is different, it's different. Many people, <laughs> many people uh, define me, ah, you are crazy, but why? You are focused <laughs> on uh, this very um, unusual project. Yes, it's, it's simple. Uh, as I mentioned before, uh, I love uh, uh, doing something different. And then uh, I, I want to be a guardian, a custodian of this mm. beautiful patrimony because we are lucky. We are uh, uh, we are rich in biodiversity, so we are preserving it. And then uh, I think it's a shame only focus on uh, a very famous grape, mm. Caricante, Catarato, um, Nerello, etc., uh, because we are rich of these uh, native grape varieties on the volcano. As I told you before, I'm uh, I'm working with the local university to the to um, uh, to um, identify fifteen uh, grape varieties. So it's uh, it's unbelievable, no? Because uh, you can understand how rich is uh, our uh, volcanic soil. 
and this is uh, so special and uh, um i i called the, um i i i focused my attention my force and energy to um, bring to life this uh, reliquia, no? grape varieties, almost extinct, because I think uh, it's my duty to uh, pay respect for uh, the nature, for this beautiful uh, patrimony. Uh, it's uh, my duty for now and uh, for the future generation. I'm mom of three beautiful babies. Uh, and so um, I want that my babies can uh, uh, taste in uh, their glass one day mm-hmm. uh, um, a special wine who uh, nobody tastes from a lot of uh, century, mm-hmm. no? And um, another another point uh, a bit peculiar is that uh, um, I wanted to, to study to become an archaeologist. Mm-hmm. It was my dream. But uh, unfortunately, my parents... Uh, couldn't afford uh, to pay the university I wanted to attend. So ended up graduating in economy, okay? <laughs> but uh, today I really love my job and I don't want to change it for anything. So in a certain way, uh, discovering and protecting the ancient grapes mm. varieties, it's like... Uh, it's like archaeology. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like a com- accomplish, accomplish my, my initial dream no um, and so uh, this give more lymph uh, more energy and uh, um, I, I'm working at once from uh, varieties that no one has ever tasted and it's uh, it's unbelievable I I, I I feel like Hiram Bingham when he, he found Machu Picchu and uh, it is like bringing back to life the T-Rex oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I'm so you know it's really admirable how you are you know so brave in, in you know taking all these risks to do something very difficult and you know working um, on such extreme conditions um, and your vineyards are so high up so steep you know can you tell us about you know the challenges you face um, you know working with such extreme conditions yeah, yeah. Uh, I have um, uh, a lot of enemy. <laughs> um, well, no, it's. A, I, I'm joking, but in a certain time, it's true. First of all, you have to think about it to the altitude. Um, we are uh, in Casa de Cima Vineyard at 1,100 meters above sea level. The altitude is extreme. And uh, the soil, the volcanic soil, completely different. Uh, it's a uh, young uh, black volcanic uh, sand in uh, Mount Irice. Uh, and we have uh, um, a very ancient uh, um, lava, lava soil in um, in Casa de Cima Vineyard, but um, working in a, such a wild natural framework around my vineyard, I have uh, 
uh, against you know, fight against the rabbit, the wild pigs, the birds, especially during warm season, or uh, the wildfires. We have a lot of arsons. It's unbelievable because they destroyed everything. Uh, for instance, in 2015 on Mount Illiche, uh, I risked to um, lost my vineyards. Uh, fortunately, I have cleaned the area around my vineyards because I have a huge forest around the vineyards uh, to... Um, and I, I tried to uh, limit the damages, but you know sometimes uh, you uh, you look you look what's happened in nature and okay it's uh, it's can happen but when it's a narcissist you know you are very angry because but why yeah. why it's no way and then you have to consider that we are talking about an extreme vineyard on the on the volcano so sometimes uh, it's uh, it's uh, great to produce wine on the volcano because uh, etna erupts uh, often mm. so in uh, uh, one side of this uh, eruption is is good because uh, i have a free organic fertilizer for my vineyard but the other side it could be dangerous <laughs> because a lot of stones a lot of volcanic ashes completely covered my leaves my my vineyard my grapes so and then you don't have forgot the earthquakes mm. because we have a lot of earthquakes. In 2018, a terrible Etna earthquakes destroyed my palmetto, my old winery, for instance. <laughs> so it's uh, it's crazy, but it's part of the game, no? And uh, at the same time, it's the beauty. Yeah. I see that there are some questions from the audience, but let me just maybe close with one question from me on biodiversity. I am, you know, when before the podcast, when we were chatting, you mentioned that um, certain trees and wild plants actually influence the flavor of some of your wines. Um, can you maybe tell us a bit more about that? And is that part of the reason that you pr prioritize bio biodiversity? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I always uh, considered that uh, the framework around my vineyard is crucial. So my only my attention is not only focused on uh, you know only my vineyard and my grapes. Of course, they are very very important for me to produce my wines. But but I think it's a teamwork all together the nature all the olive trees mm, uh, fruit trees and uh, you know um, around the vineyard like uh, um, a beautiful orchard give more power to my vineyard and protect at the same time my vineyard i'm a, i'm against uh, um, uh, on the monoculture because i think it's wrong if you have a monoculture in the vineyard you use chemical Mm. you can use pesticides you killed all the ecosystem around mm. the vineyard it's a shame i cannot hear this because we are custodian we are lucky because our job is a is a is a is a duty no to protect this the nature for us for the new generation we don't forget this 
Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I will maybe pass it back to Laika to to wrap up and maybe um, take some of the questions from the audience. Hello. Hi. Um, Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Sonia. Thank you so much for your time. I am really, I mean, it's uh, the conversation is getting more interesting, but unfortunately, we don't have enough time for it. So I'm sorry, but um, although we are raising some questions from the audience, um, the first um, is from Guid Colonetti. Hello, I'm going to read it. So hello, I must admit, I'm totally in love with the story and I've got Mille Sul Mare in my blood. But given this is a female story, when are we going to see a fabulous rosé from Santa Maria La Nave? Thanks. Then um, I'll, I'll just read the other uh, the other two comments. Um, we So the other one is from Alan Kwok. So he said, we read that La Nave was the vineyard from Admiral Nelson and his descendant was responsible to introduce Grenache to Etna. Do we know that was what was actually planted in Contrata Nave at that time? And then Rick Liotro also wrote, true, Grenache on Etna is called Alicante. So can you answer it, Sonia, in one, one I mean, one um, brief um, <laughs> response? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm uh, uh, concerned to Grenache. I'm very, I'm very, um, uh, uh, how can I say, uh, thank you, Rick Liotro and Alan Nope, because you are very expert in this, uh, in this uh, uh, grape variety. We have Grenache, and it's true, but we don't use for the vinification. Just protect and to keep them. Because, uh, yes, Grenache on Etna is a cold Alicante is the name, the name change, but the grape variety is the same. And thanks to um, uh, Guido Colonetti because uh, um, I know, I know you like a lot my Mille Sul Mare, and I'm very delighted about it. So um, thank you so much uh, for uh, uh, for share my my wines uh, even with your friends and your family and uh, thank you so much for uh, for uh, for all thank you guys thank you it has been an honor and a pleasure to be here to tell my story thank you sonia and thank you charlotte that was really inspiring and really in-depth discussion and i sincerely thank you even um, that you find time and effort to be together to do this interview you know um so uh, before I close the interview, I would like to announce that the next Clubhouse is on April 18 on Tuesday next week uh, at the same time at 6 p.m. Italian time zone, um, uh, CET. So we have Andrea Abbey. She's back and she will be interviewing Deletta Tonello, the president of Dorello Lissini Consortio. And for those who would like to participate for our Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner, um, for Italian wine ambassadors who are here and listeners, just send me a DM or email me or, or Joy, um, our Italian wine podcast producer at info at italianwinepodcast.com. So thank you so much, everyone, for listening in. Bye, everyone. Thank you. Bye. We're off to drink Mira Sumara now. Yeah. Dinner time is coming. Yes. Have a have a good dinner. We toast to celebrate this adventure. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye everyone. Bye bye. Bye.
Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.